to the City Rev Life podcast. My name is Justin. I'm here with Pastor Roby, and we are continuing a conversation about faith and politics. How do we engage um, in this particular area? And we kicked it off in the first episode, and I would encourage you, if you're just jumping into this one and you haven't listened to the first one, we'd encourage you to check that one out. Make mm-hmm. sure you start with episode one. But Pastor Roby, how would you frame today's conversation? What are we going to talk about next? Sure. Well, um, the series is chiefly about how do we navigate a political cycle with our souls intact. So Mm -hmm. the point of this series is not talking through the political issues. It's not talking about political candidates. It's talking about how we shepherd our souls through the this political mm-hmm. season and what does engagement look like in general so just to make sure we frame that up which is what we talked about in the introduction and again uh, like you said justin would encourage you to go check that out but one of the things that the scripture talks about that i think is important for this discussion is our our true citizenship mm-hmm. we are part of the kingdom of heaven jesus came to establish a kingdom he is a king and this kingdom is his kingdom he said is not of this world but he's made us citizens of that kingdom that is our our highest mm-hmm. allegiance and highest citizenship yeah now i say that and let me just pause in uh we just recently released a a podcast um uh, um that actually you were on mm-hmm. justin uh with pastor josh as well and we talked about patriotism we talked about the difference with patriotism and nationalism This is not to say we have a higher allegiance to the kingdom of heaven. This is not to say that we don't have a patriotism for whatever country we belong to. You know, we can, we should serve our country. We should honor those who serve our country. We can be grateful to God Mm -hmm. for our country. We can have ways we're proud of our country. We can even engage in celebrating our country. Those are, those are not, that's being patriotic. We should avoid what is sometimes called nationalism, which is having a superiority about our country and ethnocentrism. Um, We can, you know, ignoring the flaws and faults of our country or our country's history. Like those are not healthy things. But we can we can have a, a a healthy love for our country and especially honoring those who who serve. At the same time, there is a higher allegiance that we have to the kingdom of heaven, and mm-hmm. and that is important. That is important for thinking through how do we as believers engage in uh, in the subject of politics. Yeah. That makes me think of a scripture you referenced recently about when Jesus said, if anyone wants to be my disciple, if they don't hate their mother and father and brother and sister, they can't be my disciple. He's talking about a level of allegiance to him that exceeds anything else. Nothing even comes close. There's there's nothing on the plane uh, that Jesus is on. It is a higher allegiance. Yeah. In fact, I I think we should just read that. I think that's a great point. Uh, Luke 14, 26 it's some of the most shocking words that Jesus said. He says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. It's not that he's a weaker or lesser disciple. He says he's not a disciple, yeah. which is really strong words. And what is he saying? I mean, because you know, elsewhere you know, we mm. would be challenged to honor our father and mother in the Bible. Right. That would be the words given in the Ten to Commandments. To love our neighbor. Love our neighbor, right. care for our children, um, love our, our, spouse. our spouse. So those are, he's saying to your, what, exactly what you said, Justin, he's saying, if we're disciples, if we're followers of Jesus, 
our allegiance to Jesus is so strong, it's so overwhelmingly um, unrivaled. first, and uh, yes, that's the word, so unrivaled that nothing else is even on the radar in comparison. Yeah. And, and, and put it another way, a few verses later, he puts it like this. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Mm-hmm. So, so strong is our allegiance to Jesus that everything else is held loosely. Every other affiliation, every other relationship, um, every, other, every other thing like that is held loosely. That is how superior our allegiance to Jesus and our, and our citizenship to his kingdom is. Right. So, yes. yeah. so this idea then of being a citizen of heaven, what does that mean for how we live our lives? If we have that, mm-hmm. that framework of thinking that's Philippians, Paul's language, that we are citizens of heaven. Yes. Uh, so what does that mean for then how we live and operate while we're here on earth? Yep. So another way the Bible puts it is that we are aliens and strangers. We're exiles in in this world. And that means that like our true home is in heaven. And so there are ways that while we're living in this world, influencing this world, engaging this world, we're not burying our heads in the sand or we're active to be the presence of Christ in this world. Um, our true home is in heaven. And what that may, means then is that that allegiance to Jesus, that when that becomes our higher allegiance, then there's a miracle that that Jesus does because he's pulling people from all other different allegiances, all other mm-hmm. different backgrounds, all other different tribes and languages and nations and nationalities, people from unbelievably diverse backgrounds yeah. come together in unity as part of a higher kingdom. Yes. And one of the most striking examples of this mm-hmm. is even within Jesus' own disciples because they were... On one hand, it's like, well, they were very similar. There were 12 men that were all Jewish men from the same generation, probably about the same age. But there is some striking political diversity among the 12 disciples. And let me just read this as in Matthew 10. Hmm. This is Matthew's account of the 12 disciples. He says, the names of the 12 apostles are these. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, he's talking about himself, and he adds, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon, this is the other Simon, not the one who gets renamed Peter, but Simon the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Here's what's fascinating about that is in that same list of disciples, the same 12 men that he brings around the table, you have Matthew the tax collector, and you have Simon the zealot. Mm. And the zealot is not just like, oh, he had a lot of zeal. He was passionate. The zealot is actually a, a, a political affiliation. Yeah. And these were a group of people that were extremists against Rome. They would they were known to carry knives hidden in their cloaks, daggers, and would be known to knife people in back alleys who were Jews but had uh, sympathizers. A, a sympathizers with Rome. That's how strongly they were against Rome. On the opposite, you've got Matthew who's recording this, who was a tax collector. He was not just a sympathizer. He worked for Rome. He was collecting taxes for Rome. He was a perpetual reminder of Roman occupation. 
And he also um, would they rip off his brothers, would rip off his brothers to make a profit. That was n- notorious. Matthew is easily the type of person that Simon the Zealot would knife in a back alley. And yet they have a higher affiliation to Jesus. And so mm-hmm. Jesus does the miracle of bringing these two political extreme opposites around his table with allegiance to a higher kingdom. Mm, yeah. So we see those two coming together, following Jesus, walking with him and being used by him as a part of his family. And that just displays the the unity that can come through the gospel, the yes. unity that can come around Jesus um, that when we center our lives around him, that he can bring all types of people together. Uh, how have you seen this just practically in your own life? Just any any ways that you've seen yeah. this lived out, the miracle of unity that uh, Jesus can bring? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, this is not, we're picking one just very vivid, isolated example, but this is the story of the the kingdom of Jesus. I mean, this is throughout the mm-hmm. rest of the New Testament, you know, when Paul says things like, this is a group of people, there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's male nor female. He creates this list of, like, these are, that's one of the shocking miracles. And even throughout the next several generations, it was recorded historically, that's the crazy miracle mm-hmm. that's happening. It's people from all different types of economic, political, ethnic backgrounds coming together around the person of Jesus. And so that plays out in our own context. Mm-hmm. At a church, if the centerpiece is the gospel, is Jesus Christ, if the centerpiece is an allegiance to a higher mm-hmm. kingdom, then we should expect this type of diversity. Mm-hmm. We should, if there's a gospel movement happening in the in churches in a city, we should expect there be all different types of people coming around with a higher allegiance to Jesus. So not just different pe- people from different ethnic backgrounds, economic backgrounds, but political backgrounds. Mm-hmm. That should not be a shocker or a surprise that there are people from different political backgrounds that are coming together, worshiping Jesus at a single church. And all of those people asking Jesus and critiquing their political background and and as, and critiquing the party they affiliate with and critiquing their their philosophy and not taking mm-hmm. it for granted but but submitting their politics to Jesus as everything else and coming around with diversity so when believers are taking communion at a church mm-hmm. they're that's the part of the miracle like they're taking communion with someone who's got a wildly different background than them they may have completely different political views than them. They may have completely different uh, economic background than them. That's part of the beauty that happens when Jesus unifies people from all tongues and tribes and nations. Mm-hmm. Um, if you show up at a small group, don't assume everyone at that small group has the same political background that you do. It, and I, I think that speaks to something we hinted at in the previous, in the last episode. And actually, you said it, Justin. The first tribe, so to speak, that I affiliate with, mm-hmm. like my first like allegiance of, of your people, my people, yeah, mm-hmm. that reveals my ultimate like what I hold as my my chiefest value and identity and right? identity, yeah, and identity. So you know if i if I can't overcome a particular difference, um then 
that is taking first place of my own identity. Yeah. And uh, we find our identity in, in what we worship. And so our chief identity mm. is as a follower of Jesus. Then I like Matthew, the tax collector and Simon, the zealot. If someone has that as their identity, mm-hmm. then I can be in fellowship with them. Yeah. Even if there's every other part is very, very different. And so that's a miracle that happens around Jesus. That's a miracle we should celebrate. Mm-hmm. We should celebrate that, that there are mm-hmm. people from various differences. Um, that are all submitting that to Jesus, um, that that part of their life to Jesus. We should celebrate that and celebrate that diversity, expect it. And if that should be the the primary part of our identity and the primary um, deciding factor of who we have fellowship with. That's great. Yeah. And I, I hope that for those who are listening and watching, you can think of and know of examples in your life of people, people in your church, that their story is so different than yours. I'm yep. thinking of some few. You know, some some people who are part of our church come from a broken family, or they were orphans as kids. And we have people who come from a very stable Christian home. Completely different stories, and yet united under King Jesus. Yes. And because of their stories, their just way of viewing the world has been shaped by their, sure. their upbringing, their story. But we come with a higher allegiance to King Jesus. And we share the fellowship that comes from him. And one of the things I love, I went on a mission trip one time to mm-hmm. India and experienced this in such a powerful way, going to a place where I didn't know a, a thing about any of the people that we were interacting with initially. Um, and I went and showed up and we met these Indian believers in Jesus and we were with them for about a week. And just within a very short period of time, felt this kinship felt this family mutual understanding and connection with these brothers and sisters in Christ that it's hard to put into words tangibly. It, it was something that was that was mutual, this shared bond and love that even though we had to speak through translators and even though my life is very different than their life, we look very different. Uh, all, all that aside we share a common savior Mm. and that just transcends completely sure any of our other affiliations that matter to us that we love and care about that Mm -hmm. are significant but it's just that allegiance to jesus is so transcendent that everything else is not on the same plane right yes i had a similar experience once um we were on an israel study tour and we were at the church of the holy sepulcher which is where um, it's remembered and and possibly historically um, where Jesus was buried and and possibly the point where the cross was um, and the way they set that part up where the cross was yeah it's now just a, a giant cathedral that's uh, beautiful and uh, but the way they set that one space up is you is you walk up these stairs and mm-hmm. they have this very ornate altar I know you've been there Justin yeah. and there's a space of exposed um stone stone it? yeah where like the the side of the hill which um some historically would say is golgotha and you have to crawl down on your hands and knees under the altar to touch the the stone and that's done intentionally to force you to be humbled. in a, humbled and in a place of reverence so i was standing there and we were, our whole group was going through and i was making sure that no one else was there and, and everyone had left it was just me standing there and i was waiting for anyone else to come up the stairs into that room and a man came that was um from kenya 
I didn't know him. He was not with our group, obviously. He had um, not traveled from the States. He had traveled from Kenya. And um, he's looking around. He's by himself. And he says, is this the place where uh, the cross was? And I just froze for a second. And it just struck me. Like, here's a man I have never seen before. Mm -hmm. Will never see again until I'm in heaven. Mm -hmm. We've both traveled from another part of the world all for the same reason. We right. just want to get near where our Savior was crucified. Yeah. And we just want an opportunity to worship what Jesus did for us that changed everything about us. Yeah. And so I put my arm around this complete stranger and I said, my brother, this is the place where Jesus was crucified. And we both had this moment of just kind of stunned reverence at this moment. And we both kind of touched that ground and, and moved on. And I will never see that man. I still remember him. I don't yeah. think I'll ever forget him. But I will not see that man again until we're in heaven. And he yeah. might already be there yeah. looking down from heaven. I don't yeah. know. Um, but, but to your point, there is probably not much similar between me and this, my brother from Kenya. Right. We may have, we have probably different views on most things. Yeah. Um, probably different political views, but uh, probably different tastes and preferences. Mm -hmm. But the things that, that make us similar is so much more exceedingly profound and important that everything else pales in comparison. Right. And so I think one of the things as we're thinking about the role of politics in our life is think about your, your tribe, so to speak, mm -hmm. your people. What is the, the number one most important thing to link together? Mm -hmm. If I can't possibly be in relationship or fellowship with someone of a different political uh, opinion or affiliation, even though we may have the same belief in Jesus, that probably is an indicator, or I would say more strongly, that is an indicator that politics is taking too strong of a role in our life, and mm -hmm. it's too primary of an identity in my life. Mm -hmm. Because I should be, I should say, look, as Jesus said, I'm a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, and every other affiliation is not even on the radar in comparison to that. Mm -hmm. So if I find a brother in Christ or a sister in Christ, and we have differing affiliations politically or opinions politically, that doesn't even compare right. to how much exceedingly more we have in common. Mm -hmm. Because that's my first affiliation. That's the most important thing about me. That's the most important identity that I have. And so I, I would say... Let's ask ourselves those tough questions from the relational um, standpoint of if I just, if I, it, politics has such an important role in my life that I can't, I just can't be in relationship with people who don't have the same politics as me. That's, that's alarming and concerning, especially yeah. if that person's a brother or sister in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as the church, we, we have, if, I mean, if we can't do this, then, then what are we doing? If Absolutely. We, if we can't have unity. Um, in Christ that transcends some of these differences of uh, how do you strategically help, you know, w solve issues in society. If, if we can't disagree about those and still have love and unity around 
Christ, then then we need to look at the mirror and yeah. and ask some tough questions. That that's one of the fundamental miracles of the gospel is how it brings a diversity of people together around a higher allegiance. Mm-hmm. That should be reflected in our local churches. That's good. Well, we hope that this has been helpful to you and uh, would encourage you to consider sharing this with someone. If you know that there's someone in your life that might benefit from this conversation, uh, feel free to share it with them. Uh, but with that, we will see you on the next episode of the City Rev Life podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the City Rev Life podcast. Feel free to subscribe or leave a rate and review. If you want more content or additional resources, head to cityrev.org or download our app. We hope you have a great day.